Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Love podcasts, hate nonsense. It's the Politics Joe podcast, ladies and gentlemen. How cultured, how stylish. The elan of that clap was majestic. Um, we've stuck with the format, two boys, one girl, the optimum, <laughs> the optimum format. Um, producer Laura joins us. Laura. Hello, how are you? Fantastic, thank you. Very glad to have you with us. And Sean Hickey. Hello. How are you? Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Glad <laughs> to have back. you here. Um, sound the emergency podcast klaxon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the Speaker of the House of Commons might be about to resign. Uh, just to bring anyone who wasn't aware of what happened yesterday up to speed, here's a beautiful highlights package. I have therefore decided to select the amendments both in the name of the Prime Minister and in the name of the Leader of the Opposition. In my opinion, the operation of Standing Order No. 31, which comes the way amendments to the Opposition Day motions are dealt with, reflects an outdated approach. <laughs> On SNP Opposition Day, should the Labour Party's motion be carried, then the SNP's vote will not be held. Where on earth? is the Speaker of the House of Commons. How, how do we bring him to that seat to explain to... How do we bring him to this House now to explain to the Scottish National Party why our views and our votes in this House are irrelevant to him? I want it all to ensure they could express their views and all sides of the House could vote. As it was, in particular, the <coughs> SNP were ultimately unable to vote on their proposition. I regret it and I apologise for how it's ended up. I do take responsibility for my actions. You were warned by the clerks of the House that your decision could lead to the SNP 
not having a vote on our very own Opposition Day. As a result, we have seen the SNP Opposition Day turn into a Labour Party Opposition Day. I am afraid that that is treating myself and my colleagues in the Scottish National Party with complete and utter contempt. And I will take significant convincing that your position is not now intolerable. Sean, as the man who cut that highlights package together, um, what happened? What does it all mean? So yesterday was the SNP's Opposition Day debate. Mm. Um, There are 20 Opposition Day debates in the course of the parliamentary session, 17 of which are for the official opposition, Mm. Labour Party, and then three are for the other opposition parties. So the SNP had the opportunity yesterday to have an opposition day debate led by themselves and they decided to have a vote on whether the UK should formally call for a ceasefire in Gaza. Their proposal was a lot lighter in words than what the Labour um, amendment was, but on the Labour amendment it is unheard of for another opposition party to have an amendment to a um, to a motion from another opposition from party. another opposition party. Yeah. Um, and so Lindsay Hoyle decided, do you know what? Maybe unheard of, but we're going to start doing that now. It's outdated. Yeah, it's no, outdated. It's outdated. Is what outdated. Exactly. Yeah. I um, think Lindsay Hoyle's outdated. That's what I think. Mm. I, think the, I think the man himself is washed. Well, by the time this goes out, he could be. Someone, I saw a comment, someone was like, he's got strong like supply teacher energy on his like last nerve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we're sort of hamstrung by by events, right? Because in the pod yesterday, we were like, well, he's just selected the Labour Amendment. So um, that somewhat changes things, mm-hmm. which obviously is probably the understatement of the week. Yeah. <laughs> it, changed, it changed things quite dramatically. Um, Stephen Flynn was going ballistic. Um, and 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 let's talk about the politics of this, right? Because yes, you're right. There's the parliamentary procedure. There's the convention. There's mm. all of that. The reality of the situation. And I'm not trying to diminish the sincerely held positions by all of the MPs on Gaza, but the reality of the situation was that the SNP had laid a meaty political trap for the Labour Party. Right? Mm. That they were essentially forcing them put your colours to the mast, vote. Are you going to back a ceasefire? Which anyone who's been paying attention to the Labour Party and Keir Starmer's shifting position on this, which has gone from, yes, I will endorse the collective punishment of a civilian population, which is a war crime, to there should be an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. By making his MPs vote, he's forcing he's forcing them to either deny that ceasefire again or to vote for it, which a lot of them are facing huge amounts of pressure from their constituents to do, and therefore possibly have to resign from the Labour front bench mm-hmm. for doing so. And the reason why the Tories and the SNP were so angry about this is because... The Speaker has basically given the Labour Party a get-out-of-jail-free card and said, no, we're not gonna, you don't have to be forced into back into that corner. And that, I think, is partially why, some of the reason why, anyway, the SNP and the Tories were so angry and walked out. Do you think it was a little bit of Stephen Flynn throwing his toys out of the pram? Yeah, I would say so. I, look, I can understand why he's angry, um, but I think, I, think the major, I think the major losers in all of this are just the MPs in general. Do you know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. when you you see people who may have tuned in to any of the sort of news programming last night or this morning to see, oh, the MPs were, were debating Gaza and then like 50 of them walked out. 
and they see Stephen Flynn going ballistic. I don't think, if you're not necessarily completely tuned in, to borrow Ed's phrase from the last pod, right, if you're a normie, you're not a political hobbyist, mm-hmm. you're just looking at it going, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. What is that about? Additionally as well, though, I think there's, to think about what would have happened if the Labour Amendment wasn't there, right, where it was just going to be a Tory amendment to it that was going to effectively say, it, it, it wasn't going to say anything about ceasefire, it was going to say humanitarian pause again, and it was going to have all the meat that the Labour amendment had in it of um, Hamas had to give up Israeli hostages before any talks, commence, all these kinds of things. The power of the Conservative Party voting on that, being whipped to vote on that amendment rather than voting on the SNP amendment and the Labour Party potentially abstaining on that would mean that the Tories would have gotten the better of everyone that day. Mm. But for Labour to have stepped in, the SNP, yes, have kind of gotten their way a little bit, but they just haven't had their day in the sunshine by being the folks that brought this brought this to air and got it through, right? Because Labour weren't going to vote for it. There were, mm. As you said, there was going to be possibly from bench resignations or whatever um so it's just every way that you look at it there's so many different ways that it could have ended up and the way that it's ended up has somehow made everybody look bad mm-hmm. most of all Lindsay Hoyle he's just been completely hamstrung and done something that he welcome to British politics everyone everyone loses nobody wins um apart from the conservative party they always seem to win I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Shut the fridge. It's the politics show. Cast. Laura, putting Lindsay Hoyle's best case forward for why this happened, what was his kind of justification for it? How was he, how was he defending the decision? Lindsay Hoyle was defending the decision with his kind of argument of MPs' safeties at safety, which um, I believe he discussed with Keir Starmer in a meeting. Um, and I think there is validity to that argument. We heard people last night like Charles Walker talking about that. We also heard Paul Bristow talking about that as well, saying that he was one of the first MPs to call for a ceasefire, but also faced quite horrible threats against himself and his family for doing so. Um, do you buy Lindsay Hoyle's argument that that is why? I think, I, I think that's genuine. Uh, to his mind, I think that's genuinely why he's done it. I, I, re- I really do. I think he, you, you see him talk all the time about sort of, you know, moderating the tone of the debate and, you know, um, trying to make MPs safer and things to be less vociferous and less hostile. Um, I think, and I think, that's, I think that is part of it. I, and I don't, and 
before I say what I'm about to say, I don't want to minimize any of the legitimate abuse, legitimate death threats, um, you know, the, the stuff that's happened to Mike Freer, um, the sort of the, the anti-Semitic um, uh, targeting of his office and, and things like that, right? There is also a strain within this of MPs being quote-unquote abused or essentially receiving very, very strong criticism, uh, which I think is entirely legitimate, which the conversation around this is, you know... Um, so basically, what, 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 by having this fudge, by having this amendment, what we're saying is that the, these, these threats to MPs are actually now, allow, are now informing the democratic process. They're dictating the parliamentary agenda. Mm. Um, so on the one hand, that's cowing to physical, you know, to, to physical threats. And that obviously should not happen. That, that shouldn't be a, a way you can influence democracy. But on the other hand, when you say, yeah, well, all of our constituents are raging about this, it's like... Well, why do you think they're raging about this? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. at present, none of you are calling for a ceasefire, apart from the SNP. And every single day, these people are watching videos of Palestinian men, women and children being blown to pieces, being, sh being shot by snipers, being left to die in burnt out cars. And they can't make head nor tail of the fact that you're, that you're sat there saying, you know, um, we, we won't call for a ceasefire. And, and so people are angry about that. That's legitimate. Mm -hmm. That's the legitimate part of the democratic process. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's like you're unable to interrogate why your own politics, you, because you're so, you're so, call it arrogant, so, so, so mired in self-belief that you can't accept that, that your people who see it different, differently to you are appalled by your lack of moral clarity on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm, maybe I'm missing something, but... And again, not to, as you said, not to minimize any, any threats that are against MPs or anything, but to use, to use, to reference that as a reason why the debate on this particular subject has gone so low, how does selecting Labour's amendment to the original motion alleviate that pressure so, on so MPs. His, his explanation was that he wanted to put as wide a variety of amendments to the vote so that there was uh, enough nuance, enough variety, so that there was a selection of people so that rather than being forced into a necessarily binary choice mm -hmm. where the nuance of people's positions on this couldn't be expressed, he was giving them an outlet to be able to say, yes, I support 85% ceasefire. Mm -hmm. I support 100% ceasefire. I don't support either. That's I think his. it still comes down to the binary, though. If it didn't pass, people will still look at the MPs to vote against it and say, you haven't, you voted against a ceasefire again. Mm -hmm. You know, no. they're not going to look at the minutiae and paragraph X, Y, and Z of, of the amendment and say, well, I can understand why you didn't vote for it because of this particular passage. You know, it's still going to come down to a binary, whether it's going to be people lobbying the local community to then pile on to their local MP again. It's still, I understand it. I understand that like to add nuance to debate within parliament, but I don't know if that's going to translate necessarily to the reception that it's going to get outside, mm. you know? I, um, something that you, you mentioned, but I think we should delve into a little bit more that um, Stuart Andrew, the government minister that we were just out interviewing mentioned, is this meeting between Starmer and Hoyle. Mm -hmm. Because if the leader of the opposition has successfully politically lobbied and influenced the Speaker of the House of Commons, that is actually quite a significant problem, right? Like that's, a, that's a very serious problem mm -hmm. because the Speaker is meant to be impartial. He's meant to be apolitical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think 
a lot of, I think there's been MPs like Patricia Gibson and Paul Bristol who have made blatant accusations of there being, I think Patricia Gibson used the word blackmailing. And I think it's important to say that Keir Starmer has completely denied that that was the case of what happened. He used the word urged. We urged um, Lindsay Hoyle to consider our amendment. Yeah. No one knows what they what they said in that room. You know, it depends. Mm-hmm. It depends who else was there in terms mm-hmm. of the poli- in terms of the political aids. But I think if that's what happened, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't only just actually provoke questions about Hoyle. It provokes questions about Starmer mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, like how much is the leader of a party allowed to urge an independent speaker? Mm-hmm. Where's the line with that? Yeah, great point. Great point. Do you think he'll resign, the speaker? Hoyle. Yeah. Ooh, hard to say. Um, I think it was interesting earlier on hearing Penny Mordaunt um, responding to Stephen Flynn, who was basically in the House on Thursdays. They go through the leader of the House goes through the business for the week ahead, and Stephen Flynn asked if there could be a vote of no confidence in the Speaker, and she seemed to have quite a lot of confidence in the Speaker. So that kind of dictates whether or not the House will be able to decide on it. Mm. He seems quite steadfast to stay at the moment. Like, it's it's constant apology. It's... Yeah. He apologised immediately as well, didn't mm-hmm. he? But mm-hmm. there is this... This is from a tweet of friend of Poljo, Christian Kelge, who tweeted about a previous no-confidence motion. Um, he says, in 2009, 22 MPs backed an identical motion in Michael Martin. He resigned two days later. And if I go onto that page of the parliamentary website to see how many people have backed it now... We're at 64 supporters. In fact, so someone's just withdrawn. Philip Dunn, Conservative, has just withdrawn. Because when I looked before the podcast, it was 65. So he's withdrawn his signature. So that's three times as many. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, if you're getting into a territory where 20% of the MPs don't have confidence in you, I think that's... Yeah. Your position kind of becomes untenable. But then we are in the shameless era of British politics. So maybe not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, he has got the support of Stammer as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Which is probably the most Allegedly. Thing allegedly has the support of Stammer. It's probably the most crucial thing, isn't Mm. it? Do you think this is an issue that is going to divide the Conservatives? Because we've seen some Conservative MPs come out defending Hoyle and others saying that he's got to go. Yeah, I think it will. And that's actually a really interesting point as well, because in the same way that the Speaker is meant to be impartial, it's not a good idea as as an MP to go about bitching about the Speaker. It doesn't. It doesn't. It generally doesn't tend to to go well. Um, there's all that all that stuff with um, who's your man in the SNP who published his letter from the speaker with John Nicholson. Mm. Mm. John Nicholson, yeah. friend of Paul Joe. Another friend of Paul Joe. <laughs> this whole story is about friends of Paul Joe. <laughs> um, do we have anything else we want to say about this? Is this is that is that the extent of our update? Any more for any more? Will we just will we just draw a little line under it there? I think the biggest tragedy of it all is we are all now speaking about this procedural drama and Mm. no one has actually debated Gaza. And Mm. I think before last night, 66% of the country couldn't name who Lindsay Hoyle was, but 66% of the country did want a ceasefire. So (laughs) That's fucking fire. That's fucking fire right there, isn't it? Boom. Boom. Um, Sean, Sean boy. I'm sweet. I'm sweet. You happy? Mm. Let's keep it tight. Yeah. Let's keep it tight. Thanks so much for listening to this brief but important episode (laughs) of the podcast. Fucking hell. Um, We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.